podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What, Num? Tottenham? Don't be a clock, Num. You want goals? Tottenham's got the... Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot, give them all you got. Let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings. The kings of White Hart Lane. Tottenham, Tottenham! Hello, welcome to another episode of Top 10 Tottenham. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are around the world. Delighted to have uh, our guest on today. Been on the show many, many times. Please welcome Ali Speechley, a.k.a. Coach Ali. How are you, Ali? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. It's amazing how you're, I'm guessing when you went on Twitter, you just went and watched like all myself, and how this <laughs> Coach Ali has become your sort of moniker. I know it? it's a bit weird because it makes it look like I'm, I've got some sort of marketing background. I don't. Um, I think I initially did that because I had, I had uh, two accounts. Like I had my account uh, as well, and I, I thought, oh, I just need to separate this out. Uh, and then Coach Ali kind of just took over. Um, yeah. I'm taking. I'm. I'm not really on Twitter much at the moment. Right. I'm taking a break from it, but yeah. it's the same on Instagram. Like I had. Yeah. I, I've got my own personal oh, right. Instagram, and then I've got Coach Ali, and Coach Ali's just become like a beast of its own. But yeah. <laughs> nice I'm, waiting to be the, loved. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the merchandising. <laughs> That'll be next. You know, right. Well, you've got some great picks uh, today of your top ten list. Before we we go into those, just l- remind us your Tottenham journey. Why did you become a Tottenham fan? Oh gosh, it's such a silly reason. Um, <clears throat> I I've got a twin brother and three older sisters. And when me and my brother were eight years old, um, this was around the time of Italia ninety, the nineteen ninety World Cup, uh, which obviously Gary Lineker and Paul Gascoigne were actually like absolutely massive at. And so it's it's for a couple of reasons. It's partly because of that World Cup and it's partly because one of my older sisters fancied a boy who supported Spurs. And it's as silly as that. And they and so she was like, oh I support Spurs because she was obsessed with Gary Lineker as well. Um and so me and my brother were just like, yeah, we support Spurs. And it's just always stuck. I think you should track down that boy and go up to him and say, you, won't, you probably won't remember me. You might not remember my sister, but you are the reason why I support Tottenham. He'll be like, what? What? That? How? The misery. I wonder if he even still supports Spurs. Yeah. Like, you know, they always say, once a Spurs fan, always a Spurs fan. You can't. I know kids kind of will change. Well, they support players now. You get people who just go, who do you follow? Ronaldo, Messi. Yeah. Kind of, they don't even support clubs now. When um, I was about but, when I was about thirteen, I was really good friends with a girl at school, um, and I, for some reason, she took it upon herself to change from supporting Manchester United mm. to Tottenham Hotspur because that's God. how much she enjoyed our friendship. And I was like, "Look, you're making this decision. Wow. I'm not. I'm not forcing this upon you." Um, yeah, so crazy. <laughs> That's a good enough journey. And, uh, well, let's go to your first clip, because I'm guessing you said 1990, and this was just a year after. And uh, this this is in a lot of people's top 10, 10 uh, top 10 Tottenham, and rightly so. And uh, let's listen to that extraordinary moment at Wembley, 1991, all over again. Mavrit has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! 
this schoolboy's own stuff. Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Seaman got his hands, couldn't hold. Spurs have the lead. Paul Gascoigne, the scorer. So why is this one gone in that extraordinary match against the Woolwich? It's just still goosebumps, isn't it? Yeah, like it, any it is, time, it any time you see or hear it, like odd years old. Even the commentary <laughs> on it as well. Yeah. It's just like it's iconic. iconic. It is iconic. iconic. It, is, it iconic. is iconic. I think it was. So I wasn't there. Um, and as you say, this is really, this is really early on. So this is probably, I think, one of the reasons I chose this as well, is because it's probably one of my first proper memories of Tottenham. Um, and also, like I said, like I'd, I'd sort of become slightly obsessed with Gaza during the, the 1990 World Cup. And I think when I just saw him do this, I was just like, that is, how can you do that with a football? I was just, I was just completely amazed by it. I was awestruck, as I think a lot of people were. And I think even kids today, when they see that clip online, they still rate it, you know, they still think, wow, that, that was some free kick. Um, and obviously just because of the opponent as well, like, come on, you've got to, you've got to savour those moments. Um, but as a coach, you know how difficult it is to hit a ball like that for the distance, to get over a wall, to keep the ball down, yeah, and it doesn't yeah. go flying over the bar. I mean, that's some technique, isn't it? Yeah, so the technique <laughs> and also just to do it on a stage like that, yeah. where... You know, there's all those people watching. It matters. It means something. There's a consequence to that. And, you know, obviously it was really sad then what happened after that. But, um, yeah, it was just, I think it will just always live long in the memory of every Spurs fan, really. But, But it was just one of my earliest kind of memories. And I think... It's always a special one because, unfortunately, it was pretty much downhill after that mm. <laughs> for yes. me. No, you're no, you're right, you're right, and you don't kind of go back to the actual goal that that first goal. You you don't. I, I'm I'm sure there has been, but I can't remember many other free kids since. Certainly from that distance. I mean, people have hit the ball the same way, but from that distance, uh, I, I I I don't think I've seen one. Not it. Certainly not in. I don't think in by like an English player. I think that was what was so amazing about Gaza is that he's kind of Brazilian style, wasn't yeah, it? It was a kind of Roberto Carlos. Exactly. And he kind of I think that was what was so brilliant about Gaza is he sort of he defied the stereotype of the English player, especially at that time as well. Um yeah, and it's I think it's just everything about it. It's the moment, it's the technique, it's his celebration, it, it it's just all of it. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. It is. And, and your, your, your second memory is, is, I must admit, it was one I completely forgotten about. And we've had many, many picks between Tottenham and Manchester City. Never this one. Um, and I'm talking of the 9th of December, 2007. It finished Tottenham 2, Man City 1. Let's listen now to the winner from Jermaine Defoe. Here comes the free kick. Could have exacted even more retribution. So Tottenham... Uh, the 11 against 10. Dawson lets it out, has the post. And Defoe! Now Spurs are back in front. They're a man up and a goal up. 
With eight minutes to go, it's all gone wrong for Manchester City. Great delivery, first of all. They don't really clear their lines. When it comes back out, Dawson plays his part as well. So a little step over here. But look at his movement, look at Defoe, he's coming away from it all. He knows exactly, his touch is excellent. And he just swivels and drives that into the back of the net. Dawson just lets it go. Take nothing away from the touch, technique and the power. And why has this one gone in, Ali? I, I, I must admit, I, I, I had no memory. There's so many huge games against Man City in recent years. This one kind of passed me by. Yeah, no, this, and, and most fans, <laughs> most of your listeners will be like, uh, why was this? What, what's the relevance of this? I guess that's the beauty of doing a, a podcast like this, though, isn't it? Is that it's, it's why is it unique to me? And the reason it's unique to me, um, so 9th of December is actually my birthday. And, but that particular game, Believe it or not, because it wasn't that long ago, really. That's the first time I ever went to White Hart Lane. Ah, lovely. And wow. um, my boyfriend at the time uh, took me for my birthday. It was a total surprise. Um, and I'd never, I don't think he could quite believe. Uh, he wasn't a Spurs fan. Um, right. But I don't think he could quite believe. I'm guessing that, that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but bless him, that wasn't... <laughs> That was, I've actually dated Arsenal fans, believe oh it or God. not. Yeah, wow. I know. That that, that, that really tough. didn't last that's, long. That's tough. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. But this particular guy, like, it wasn't. <laughs> it it didn't end because of the the Spurs Spurs non allegiance. Um, yeah. He was lovely. He's a lovely guy. But yeah, basically, he, he. I don't think he could quite believe that I'd never been to White Hart Lane because anyone right. that knows me, like, I've been mm. obsessed with football since I could walk, um, and I'm always banging on about Spurs. And so to to not and I've you know I've supported them since I was eight years old. So to have not been um, was that a work thing? Was that because you didn't really have family that were really into? I think let's go. Yeah, I think I imagine. So I'm actually from South East London. Right. Okay. Um, so it's a bit of a trick <laughs> to get. I know yeah. people come from all over the world to see Spurs. So me saying I've come from it, it takes just South as long as South East London. But it yeah, takes just as long. Like it um, does. so, it is a bit of a trek. But I think also I didn't grow up in a family that was you know despite my sister saying oh yeah I support Spurs because I fancy this bloke and and my brother kind of tagging along actually I am the football obsessed one in my family and so I didn't grow up in a family that that went to football that followed it religiously on the TV like I did so I think I just and I didn't really know anyone else who went because everyone else supported like I said Man United Arsenal like everyone just supported other teams at school um, so yeah, I'd never... it's, it's something as well that I mean, maybe it's changed now, but it's kind of a thing you wouldn't just as a girl by herself. Well, exactly. Going to football either. You just, I mean, now it's, it's obviously changed, but even kind of then. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think even now, like I actually went to to the last game of the season this season by myself because um, one of my friends couldn't use his season ticket, so I had his ticket and. Even that, like I was, you know, I was completely surrounded by blokes and I've, I can sort of hold my own and kind of, you know, I'm a coach, so I do know what I'm talking about and I don't like to have to prove it, but I think it gives me a level of kind of like security knowing that if someone starts on me, I'll be like, well, actually, um, but it, I think back then, yeah, like, so I would have been like in my twenties and I just think it, it, I just think it it wasn't a thought that ever crossed my mind that I would go to the football by myself. 
as a woman. Um, so yeah, the re- so that match isn't a particularly. I mean, we won, so that's great. Um, it is, but it isn't a sort of match that would stick out. I think in many Spurs fans' memories, it's just particularly um, poignant moment for me because it was it was my birthday and it was my first ever trip to White Hart Lane. And it must have been, was it everything you imagined it would be? Yeah, no, but what was great was that we won. Because yeah. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, because by that point, I knew what it meant to be a Spurs fan. And, um, yeah. That was the, I'm guessing that was the sort of Martin Yole team. That was the team, I think, the, the, the foundation is everything that went on to become really good and successful at Tottenham. And that was yeah. a, a really good team he was he was putting together. Yeah, and Jermaine Defoe, like, what a player. Yeah. And yes. It's, I think it, I think there's certain players that it's just it's always a joy to watch live and I always think Defoe was one of those players um and I think it was um Sven Goran Eriksson was managing Man City at the time which is a bit bizarre right. when you think yes, about it now like with them then with the England connection um yeah. you sort of forget that he yeah, did. he did that um so yeah it's it it, it it won't mean much to, to most of your listeners as a game, but as a moment and a memory for me, it's just mm. quite a nice memory. Well, that's nice. Absolutely. And the next one is one that everyone will remember. And the last time we lifted silverware, obviously the 2008 Carling Cup final. Let's listen to that moment in the extra time with Jonathan Woodgate. Berbatov trying to peel away from his marker at the far post. Woodgate going in as well! Tottenham take the lead in the first seconds of extra time! And it's Jonathan Woodgate! He comes up, he checks arms and he comes back onto his forward. He's lucky in the extreme, but you take that. Woodgate earns it for the positive way he attacks it. It's a goalkeeping error, you have to say. Woodgate doesn't care. Look at the fortune he gets. Eyes oh, fixed firmly on the ball. He doesn't know where the keeper is. And there's your little bit of luck. He looks up. Yes, it's going to finish up in the back of the net. How much have Chelsea got now to come back? And were you at this one, or, or presumably you? No. So uh, this is the thing. Like it's going to be a running theme here that I'm not at most of them, <laughs> um, but. Um, I was in, I was in a, like a, I think it was like the Trocadero or something like that. It was like a big sports bar. In, um, do yes, you remember? Is, yes, I um, remember. Down past Her Majesty's Theatre on the right-hand side. Yes. Sports cafe, yeah. And I was there with some, um, with my brother and some friends from work. And I just remember getting absolutely drenched in beer. Just <laughs> absolutely soaked when we won it. Um and just kind of the euphoria. And again, as a Spurs fan, like, you because I get a lot of, I'm sure we all do, but I get a lot of stick off people when, um, when I do celebrate the good moments and I try and explain to them, I'm like, look, like we don't have these moments very often when they come along. You really have to go all out with your celebration. Um, so yeah, I wasn't even drinking any of this beer, but I just got absolutely soaked <laughs> in it. And then just remember being on the um being on the on the tube on the way home and just like thinking of beer. Like it is a disgusting smell, mm. isn't it? Still still like Yeah, that. like yeah. on all over like a denim jacket. And I had like I had a Spurs shirt on 
and I had my little Spurs pin, like I've got the cockerel as a pin, like badge on my denim jacket and just feeling like really for once I could be in public, like I could be out and proud <laughs> as a Spurs fan because we'd actually won something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't there, but um, it was, it, again, it was just, a, it's just a funny, lovely memory of, of actually, A, actually winning something. Yeah. And B, then just the euphoria in that moment. Who knew at the time that would be a last trophy? Oh, gosh. Well, not ever. Let's not say. Not ever, but (laughs) since. Let's hope not ever. Certainly as we're sitting here today, it's still our last trophy, which is unbelievable. Because you're right. It is. It's just, um, I I remember certainly going into the West End afterwards to celebrate with friends. And this is the great thing winning trophies means. It's it's not just the game. It's, It's going with friends and family. And you remember the stuff pre-match, post-match, you know, and you all have that sort of shared memory. So uh, let's hope we get to another one (coughs) pretty soon. We're jumping ahead now. We're jumping ahead to the 5th of March, 2016. And and in many people's pick, that extraordinary Harry Kane goal against the Woodage. Let's let's listen one more time to that moment. Certainly got to dig in and weather the storm, haven't they? Here's Harry Kane. Kane goes for that! A goal this was. Ball played over, he's onside. Fair to Saka doesn't deal with it, thinks it's going to run out. Look how well Deli Ali does. Little flick. Harry Kane's onto it, doesn't get closed down. But he just does that instead, sticks it right in the top corner. Low defenders, being a no chance. Glenn, you'd have been proud of that. Oh, fantastic goal. He uses Gabriel as almost like a mannequin on the training ground. You it round and there's no goalkeeper in the world going to save that. What a goal and what a time to do it. Harry Kane, take a bow. And why is this one in Ali? Yeah, so again, I wasn't there. <laughs> I wish, I wish I was at so many of these moments, <laughs> but I wasn't there. I think, um, again, for me, this is kind of like, this sits in the iconic territory along with that Gaza goal for me. Like, as everyone knows, I'm a massive Harry Kane fan and I couldn't not have a list like this and 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 have and not have him in it. So I think this goal, like when I think about his his goals as well, I just again this is one of the goals. I think because of like the face mask and everything as well and the whole celebration, that's quite iconic as well. Um and we didn't even go on to win that game. But it I, was... I, I know, I know. <laughs> there were ten men, we, we they equalized two two, typical Tottenham. They yeah. I know. Classic Spursy, but um but it was just that moment like if we're talking about moments, that moment was just again the euphoria of it for him as well like if you think about his story and where he'd come mm-hmm. from and just being like a bit and of rejected a, by them yeah just kind of two fingers up and like you know like <laughs> yeah. yeah this is what I can do um and I think um I, I think it's also one of those ones that when you see it again now you still get those kind of goosebump moments and um just think about kind of I feel like so I I didn't I wasn't there but I saw it 
And I remember like being um, watching it live and just being like, oh my goodness, like this guy, he's just, you know, I think it's sometimes with Harry as well. It's just sort of the audacity of it. Like um, he, you know, he always, this is around the time as well, those, those labels of like one season wonder and like tap in and like penalty. And like, those are the only goals he scored. So I think when he shows what he can do, and I think what's great about him now is that he starts to drop deeper, is that we, when he starts to ping those passes about as well, it's kind of just like the audacity of him to be like, yeah, I've just I've just silently had that in my locker the whole time as well. Um, but yeah, just a, a, a great goal. It's in his top 10, isn't it? It's in his oh, top, top 10 goals that he scored for Spurs. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, I definitely think all of your listeners will remember that one. Yeah, they will. Well, the next one they won't remember, uh, but you certainly do. Uh, a few will remember. Um, and uh, I, this, I, this is when I started going to see the women's team. So um, this was a, a Spurs women's match in Chesant. Uh, I used to go down there uh, a bit. It wasn't, wasn't the most nicest of grounds. And it was no, it was deep. an ankle breaker, it was, Chesant. It wasn't, it wasn't very nice. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I was delighted when they moved to Barnet, which yeah. was near where I used to live. Um, but this is April 2018 and a skill session you did with <laughs> Ledley King. Yeah, so wow. This so this is around the time that I was coaching at Spurs and I was coaching mm. in the in the sort of girls' academy setup. Um and Karen Hills w- was managing the first team at the time, and she said, you know, we've got this match at Cheson, like with the first team, but I want to use it to kind of showcase the academy and the pathway that we're trying to build. Because at this, I think what a lot of people might not realise about Spurs women is the journey they've been on. And I would encourage all, if like if you're fans of, of the men's team, like do look into the history and what Spurs women have achieved because... It, it's if, such recent history. There yeah. is Brooks, Brooksbourne ladies. Right. Uh, but also yeah. if the game is about glory, like Spurs yeah. women have definitely shown that because they are one of those few teams that have really worked their way up through the tiers in women's football. Um they didn't just arrive in the championship, <clears throat> Manchester United. They, you know, they they've really they they won their way there. Um and I think so Karen wanted to use the day to sort of showcase the fact that they were trying to build a pathway into the first team. Um because at that time it was still like the girls setup was still very much like volunteer run. Um, it was a very grassroots approach. And so she asked me um to come and do a skills session with uh, Shannon Maloney, shout out Shannon, who used to play for Spurs Women. And so we we kind of designed this little skill session and it was it was kind of like beat the clock and it was just for anyone, boys and girls, but for any of the kids that were around that day coming to the game, um, they were just invited to come in and have a go and see how quickly they could complete this little skills station. But Ledley King was there, obviously as Spurs ambassador, um, and he, um, you know, Ledley's great and he'll, he'll always kind of volunteer to come in and, and, and do stuff, even though he's only got one knee. And so, <laughs> and so he, he came in and he did the station to see like how quickly he could do it. And it was such a stitch up really, because I remember that season as well, the trainers that, that Spurs gave that, that went with the kids, um, were awful. Like you would just slip and slide in them. 
and he had those trainers on and he I was just thinking god his other knee's gonna go like <laughs> he's not gonna survive yeah operation. so there is actually a wonderful photo I appreciate this in the podcast but there is actually a wonderful photo of him laughing as he's trying to navigate these cones and me in the background in absolute hysterics with just like a stopwatch in my hand <clears throat> trying not to trying not to completely lose it while he's trying not to fall over um and it was brilliant because he had so much time for everybody and his wife was actually due like due to to go into labor that day and and he just he stayed for as long as he could and then he got the call that said she was going into labor and he just dashed out of there but it was just such it was just such a lovely day to kind of you know a showcase the academy but also just be able to meet Leddy and and for him to have so much time for everyone even though he had this momentous occasion going on yeah. in his private life that's lovely and then I mean your, your next memory is just a few months later on again you're, you're, you're obviously still at the club and uh, the men's team on international duty and this gave you a chance to meet Mauricio Pochettino yeah, I feel, I feel like this is a controversial one to do um, at this moment in time, well, obviously. Come on, I, 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 you know, some Spurs fan always dead to me and all that. Come on, I mean, yeah. you know he wanted to come back. He never got a bloody phone call. Burning books so what, on he's barbecues. So not meant to work again. I mean, really, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... Anyone that, that's angry that he's gone to take another job. Yeah, I, the allegiance you know. is though, uh, yeah, I think it's because it's Chelsea, isn't it? Like... Yeah. I think oh, we've had enough of their their managers, haven't we? Well, want exactly. to go the other way. It's a bit of a trade off, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so uh, sorry to some of your listeners. I do appreciate this is a bit um, controversial at this moment in time, but I think everyone can appreciate like how wonderful this guy is. I was actually um, watching him last night on Soccer Aid, and okay. I and I was just like because he was managing the World Eleven, and. Um, it just reminded me like he so what the moment to describe it for everyone is basically so I was coaching um at the club at the time but I was I was very rarely at Hotspur Way because the girls are not based there um and I'd actually they are now though aren't they so the women are the women's first yeah. team but yeah. the girls academy ah, um, I see is, is not there um, not to my knowledge, anyway. Unless there's been a, unless there's some no, 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 exciting news like on the horizon. Where, where, so where, where do they all? Where, where do the rest of the teams train them? So the girls' academy is is sort of. I think they're all in one place now, which is good. But when I was coaching there, as I say, it was still they were still building it, and we were basically just using like um, the school three G pictures of local schools in in, uh, in and around Denfield. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Anyway, I'd I'd gone into <clears throat> sorry, excuse my voice, my hay fever. Um, I'd gone into Hotspur Way, which was always like it was such a treat mm. to be able Absolutely. to go in there. Yeah. Um, to actually meet with um someone from Spurs Global because I was going to do some coaching with them, and I'd uh, this is really bizarre, uh, but basically Jesus Perez had followed me on Twitter. Because his daughter was playing in the girls' setup, I did. I had never actually coached her because she was a couple of age groups below the group I coached. But I was aware that she was there, and I'd seen him around a, a couple of games and stuff when the set, age groups were playing at the same time. Um, 
And he'd followed me on Twitter, which initially felt really surreal in itself. I was like, oh, is this him or is this his, his media person? Or Anyway, he's a really lovely guy. And he we got talking about coaching and stuff. And he said, well, anytime you're at Hotspur Way, like, let me know. You know, it'd be nice to actually meet you. So I, when I knew I was going, I WhatsApped him and said, I'm, I'm coming today. Like, if you're about, it'd be great to see you. If not, no worries. And anyway, he was like, sure, sure, sure. So I, I, when my meeting finished, I messaged him again and said, oh, I'm free now if you are. And I honestly thought he was just going to come out and say hello, and then that would be it. And he came out and he said hello, and he said, okay, I'll take you to Maurizio now. And I was like, what? Thank God you didn't know before. Thank God you didn't know before. That would have been just too much. If you were going there knowing. Yeah, I would have been able to sleep, would I, the night before. It would have been like Christmas Eve. Um, Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And he and he was like, if if you want. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what? I've really got to go. I, yeah, uh, but yeah. got to go to Tesco. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, and then I spent nearly two hours with him. It wow. was amazing. So he, because he had all this time, because most of his team. So the only slight bit about it that was a bit sad is I never got to meet Harry Kane because he was off on international duty with England. But I did get but to what meet... what coaches do? Because, I mean, so many Tottenham players go to international duty. Especially at that time, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like so the Spurs... I think there were about six like, Spurs players. Yeah. It was like the spine of the team. Mm. Um, so, so, so basically... Um, First of all, I went I went up to meet him and Tony, goalkeeper coach, was there as well. And and we just had a quick chat. And then we went and sat in um, Poch's office and Jesus was doing a lot of the kind of, still does a lot of the sort of translating for him, doesn't he? Like Poch's English has really, really developed and it's certainly better than my Spanish. But um, at that time, he still kind of needed Jesus sort of work out the conversation a little bit but we just had a lovely chat about coaching he was asking me about my coaching um and and coaching the girls and then he even took me he was next door to uh Bex Capelhorn so he took me in and he was like introducing me and being like this is Ali she coaches the girls and I remember Rebecca was probably just like what what is happening (laughs) um but um and then he took me down to the training pitch and because there was there was like a skeleton squad and Jesus had been out um coaching them and so I did have some time alone with Poch we were just talking about his because his book had come out and we were just it was really lovely we were just talking about Mm. his journey into football and then we went out onto the training pitch and and Poch was joking that Jesus was the real boss and that he was the one that did all the coaching um and then there were a few players there and I remember Son was there so that was lovely got to meet Sonny um but yeah it was just it was just a lovely very surreal but lovely experience to just talk about football with a guy who's just the warmest loveliest person but also just talk to me like I was another coach you know like he didn't yeah which you are yeah that's what coaches are yeah it doesn't matter what you know who who you're training you just coaching is coaching yeah exactly so that will live long in the memory because it is it's just such a lovely moment amazing that's beautiful what a great story well let's go to a very quick break and when we come back we're going to carry on with Ali's top 10 Tottenham back in a minute 
And we're back for the break. Don't forget, during this close season, uh, we are doing this 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 particular show. And also for daily Spurs news update, interviews with ex-players, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Support our podcast um, while you do it. And also follow us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Well, before the break, we were talking about uh, Ali working within the Women's Academy at Tottenham. And your next memory was probably anyone who follows the women's team. If you had to kind of pick one memory, one moment so far of the extraordinary history, this probably would be that. May the 1st, 2019. Uh, it looks like an unassuming 1-1 draw with Aston Villa. But what did that mean, Ali, that, that match uh, in Birmingham? Yeah, so that match secured Spurs women's place in the WSL, so in the Women's Super League, which is obviously the equivalent to the Men's Premier League. Um, and so they'd finally made it, you know. And like I said earlier, like they really have worked their way up through each of the tiers. And it was, again, I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't in Birmingham, probably because I was coaching, actually. Chris Powell, who's been on the show, she went up for this. Yeah. Because this was her, this was up she's in her got, She's actually got some great... Um, mm footage video footage of of like um running onto the pitch i think (laughs) um what a legend shout out chris um Uh. yeah so i think that like obviously just a brilliant achievement but i think also because i had worked so obviously i never coached any of the um first team but karen and juan had done such Mm. an amazing job it really was an achievement and karen in particular because you know, Karen had gone from driving the minibus, like driving these players to games and making the sandwiches. And, you know, some of these women were still at the point where they were having to like bring their own lunch and eat it on the ground of a car park. Like they were, this is really unbelievable. Like when I say like, do look into the story Mm. of Spurs women because it, it, it's inspirational. Um, and, and so I think this, this, as you say, quite unassuming sort of 1-1 draw. sounds a bit Mm. drab, like, you know, rainy night in Birmingham type style. Um, But it it just, it was the the moment that they secured promotion, but also that's years in the making, Mm. years and years and years in the making. And I think I just felt so happy for everyone involved, but especially Karen, because she she worked for so long behind the scenes where no one was interested, where no one cared, you know, like now, thankfully, the club started to invest in the women's team, but for a long time, they didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think you go a long, long way. I mean, it's funny you mentioned this particular game because I remember there was an incredible defensive header from Ashley Neville. We sponsored Ashley, the Spurs show. Talk about how small this thing was, us podcast we sponsored her in some shape or form for a couple of years you know it's like uh, anything we could do to help and this is yes it's come a long way but I mean I for one was so worried this season that I just thought if they got relegated what would happen because I know a lot well nearly all of them had jobs where then when they went up were offered contracts I know for fact some people were earning more in their jobs oh, than uh, what they were offered sure to play professionally for Tottenham Hotspur. Much really, what a dilemma to then go, well, I'm earning this. I've got a wife, you know, I've got husband and kids and, and whatever. And I'm now going to take a drop in salary to play. And, and, and a lot did because you think what, what opportunities have we got to turn 
become a professional footballer. But if they went down, I was very worried to see what the club would do. The club might say, look, we're not really turning a profit now. We now can't afford to pay all these wages. It would have been awful, awful for the team. Yeah, so thankfully they didn't. No, <laughs> so they will they still I just be... hope they kick on next season. Like, yeah. It was a weird season this season because the one before had done so well. Yeah. And it's it... just, I don't know, I, 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 I haven't been able to see too many games this season. As an outsider, it looked like maybe too many new players came in, maybe unsettled the balance of the squad. And I think that's one of the interesting things about women's football at the moment. It's like the growth has been exponential, but I think some teams have struggled with that growth because it's like, oh, now we've got funds, now we've got, we can bring in players and you still got to make them play as a team. And, and I think it was interesting because I think in some respects that what happened on, on the women's side kind of echoed some of the issues that were happening on the men's side in terms of who was in charge and the management because we they sacked the women's manager and and, and got the caretaker in, in Vicky Jepson, who's amazing, um, in the same way that like Ryan Mason, you know, fair yeah, fair enough. Very, very similar. Give him very a shot. To the two teams, um, yeah. Similar. So I think I think it needs that stability of okay, so who is who's going to be the manager now? But yeah, this particular moment was just because it it was just the culmination of years and years and years of hard work, and I I think I just felt so happy for everyone involved that had they finally done it. Yeah, it's a good time to ask you actually because um, I was listening to a Jermaine Defoe podcast and he interviewed Paul Koncheski, who I've just heard has just been sacked by West Ham women. So there's a lot of men who work at the high echelons of the women's game. Why don't you think, and when is that moment going to be, when? Um, I, I believe um, a team recently, I think it's Brentford, have finally announced a women coach for their, I think, under-18 team or under-20 team. What, what, why don't you think a club yet has gone, she's a brilliant coach, she's now going to coach the first team, no matter what division that is? Yeah. Because so it, is, it is ridiculous when you think it, about yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It's utterly um, ridiculous. So it's Lydia Bedford who's come from right. from Arsenal to coach Brentford under-18s, which is a brilliant appointment. And you know what, respect to Brentford for doing it. And I think this is the thing is that it just takes it just takes one. And then I think we'll see it more and more. Um, it does happen. <clears throat> sorry. It does happen um, at a- academy level and, um, and sort of under-18s, um, but not not enough there are still so few women working in the professional boys and men's game and as to why that is I think it's just history I think it's the patriarchy and misogyny and sexism like I honestly just think because sometimes you just someone has to be the first basically and it's it's not about ability and talent like there are there are women who coach who are ready today to go and do the jobs like I'm not being funny look at the some of the mess of the Premier League managers this season like the mess that they have got their clubs into like um there, there are women who can absolutely hold their own in terms of their knowledge and their ability as coaches it's about the game which is still owned and run by and for men mm. Yeah. about those decision makers having the balls <laughs> to do it 
Uh, you're, you're right. Well, because while you're thinking that, I'm thinking there are women now in the boardrooms of we've we've got some at our club, obviously, um, but probably not even enough in the boardroom down. So these are the people ultimately making these decisions. But I mean, going back to the coaching, you know, we on this podcast had many guests, champion, someone like Emma Hayes. Uh, who I think should have at least been interviewed for the, for, for the men's role. It would have been an extraordinary moment in the history of Tottenham Hotspur if that happened. She could easily hold her own at a top, top team. And it's just bizarre that another Premier League team or a championship team hasn't offered her a, a, a job yet, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think with Emma, um, uh, not to speak for her, but but in my view... If Emma's not going to go and coach a championship men's team because mm. that's a disrespect to her. She coaches one of the even best. Someone, even someone like a championship team that could get in the Premier League, like a sort of, I don't know, I, st- I just still think, why would she go top. from coaching Champions League football to coaching into, I'm not, that's not a yeah. disrespect to the championship, but I think this yeah. is the mentality. This is the issue at the moment is that, I think people are still trying to compare women's football with men's football, and they're like they're two completely different things. And they're like, oh, so playing a game, yeah, like so they're like, oh, Chelsea Women's Champions League team, yeah, that's probably a championship club on the men's side, and it's it's a nonsense because you know women's football was banned for fifty years in this country, and the investment is only just starting now. So it was banned from the twenties to the (laughs) seventies. Women were literally not allowed to play football and they've had to start from scratch since the 70s. But it didn't really start from scratch in the 70s because a lot of clubs still just didn't do it for such a long time. So stop comparing them because it's like if we stopped the Premier League now and banned it for 50 years and then in 50 years time came back and went, oh, okay, mm, let's let's compare this (laughs) with the women. Um, So, yeah, stop comparing because it's a nonsense. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like Emma Hayes coaches Champions League football Champions League football is Champions League football and like the demands are the same that you're the the need to understand the game to be able to coach players to understand the game to be able to adapt in the moment to be able to apply the right tactics at the sa- at the right time all of that all of that skill set is the same so i just think like she for me if she wanted to is a Premier League manager. She's not a championship manager for me. Um, but I think it's more about, yeah, just the desire of clubs to let it happen. Because what we need to remember is that how many, like even just thinking about men, how many black managers are there? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there is an issue with diversity because football is still kind of owned and governed by and for white men. And so that's why, you know, if they're not going to invite black men to coach, not going to invite women to coach. <laughs> so I think, yeah, there's still lots of work to be done. Um, but, yeah, the, the issue as to why it hasn't happened yet is bigger than football. And that's why it's going to take some time to change. But I believe we will get there. Yeah, well, I hope you're right. Let's go back <coughs> to um, more of your memories. And this one is, is rightly in... I'd say 90% of people's top 10 Tottenham's. It was, of course, that extraordinary night on the 8th of May 2019 in Amsterdam. Let's listen to that iconic moment once again. It's in there and steers in the header. And Ziyech. Is that any way back now? Just a final 
to score. He finds Deli Alley. Lots of green chance for here. Lucas Mora bursting through the middle. Brilliant goal. Spurs have hope. Lucas Mora steers it in. Trippier. Ajax in trouble here. Urente saved by Onana. Oh, it's still pinging around the area. Lucas Mora in possession. Oh, incredible. Lucas Mora scored again. It's the comeback on. They're sliding, it's in! Lucas Moura with the hat-trick goal! Spurs are going to the Champions League final for the first time in their history! I do not believe it! So, talk us through this. Where where were you this night? So, this is, I'm laughing already just thinking about <laughs> it. because the, So, I was coaching, funnily, shock. <laughs> I was coaching, funnily enough, um, that night. And so I started listening to this game on the radio at a train station and I ended listening to this game on the radio in my home because I didn't have the sports channels. Right. Um, oh, my God. And, and my, my brother was actually in a pub around the corner watching it. But I didn't know that until I'd got home. Um, and, I, and I was coaching with Spurs and it had been a journey and a half to get home. Um, and I was like, Oh, I don't want to go to the pub because there's the pub he was in. I know it. And there's this one Arsenal fan <laughs> who I can't, he's always there when Spurs are playing. And I just couldn't be bothered to deal with him because, because I thought at that point we were, we were heading out anyway. And I just thought, oh, I'm not going to deal with that. So I was listening to it on the radio. Wow, that's really, that's old school. That's old it's school. It's old school, but listening the, on the wireless. But, but, but the pain <laughs> of it, the, the agony. You're because, the first person I think I spoke to who said I listened to it on the radio. Yeah, right. So kudos to me for surviving it because the agony of it. So the whole point of the radio commentary is your listeners cannot see the the play, mm, so you need to describe. Yeah. They paint the picture. So you can't just scream and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe... Like, you can't believe what? And that's what the commentary was. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, I can't yeah, believe it. it went out the and, done it and, and I was like, who's done what? Who's even got the ball? Who's kicked the ball where? Who scored? What's, I didn't know. Wow. wow. My WhatsApp was going mental. I had all these messages coming through, on the especially on the Spurs group chat. And I was just like, I just phoned my brother. My brother was like, he's done it. Lucas Moore has scored. We've won it. And that was actually how I found out. It wasn't from wow. the radio. Because <laughs> the radio had just gone into hysterics. Um, yeah. So it was, it, I just laugh about that memory because, as you say, most people sort of remember when they were, where they were when they were yeah. watching it. But I yeah. remember where I was when I was um, listening to it. And then... And then I remember because one of my one of the messages that came through was Potch is on the pitch. He's <laughs> like, playing now. What? What's he doing? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, what's happened? Like, is he having to hold players back? Is it like Battle of the Bridge, like Stamford Bridge Chelsea vibes? Like, it was just yeah, it was chaotic. Um, but obviously, when I realised what happened, I was just ec- ecstatic and. Um, and then when I finally got to see the footage, I was just like, that is unreal. 
that is, and I love that. When I saw a, a, a video on Twitter recently, actually, that I'd never seen before of it's by the Ajax fans. <laughs> Oh, wow. So I don't filmed, have seen those either. Yeah, so one of the oh. Ajax fans is filming it from their stand, like their big, big stand. Wow. And and they're just singing, you know, they're doing their chants. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry about a thing. Yeah, like they're doing their chants. And um, and then basically this, because it was Sissoko, wasn't it? That just plays this, Oofed like it. what we would call hit and hope. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he just plays his hit and hope and... The, the Spurs fans across the world held their breath, and then Dele, Dele Alli, bless him, was just I like love that little pass. Yeah. I love that little pass around the corner, as they say. Yeah, um, and then Lucas Mora, and um, and then it's just silence on this video, yeah. and you can wow. hear you can hear oh, the I must Spurs fans. Out. That sounds amazing. Yeah, you can hear the Spurs fans from their corner of the stadium. But otherwise, it's just they're just dumbfounded. They're like, "What has happened here?" And obviously, all the IX players are just on the floor. Um, and Moore is doing his now quite iconic jump in celebration. Um, just unre- just goosebumps, total no, goosebumps. Amazing. Even just amazing listening moment. to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Fantastic. Now, your next one, I must admit, uh, I, I was probably there. I have no recollection of not only the game, the team. I can't even pronounce it. So random. And I apologise to any listened supporters of this team because I'm going to cock this right up. Murder it. Tottenham 5, Kravina Svezda nil, who I can't even remember being in a Champions League group. I, I can't remember which country they're from. Did, no, I know. This is so random. So many Five of your mil. listeners are just going to be like, "What is this? This woman says she's a Spurs fan." But... Yeah, I don't remember this. I don't remember this group. Dude. No, it was a five-nil thumping. Kane, Sons, two, Lamella, and uh, sorry, yeah, um, the Kane. Um, yeah, I think two... Kane and Son got two each, didn't they? Yeah, two Brace each. That's right. And Lamella. And Let, then let's Lamella. To the goals now. Then we'll, we'll discuss it in a sec. Kane near post. Goal, Harry Kane. Brilliantly done. And Tottenham Hotspur on nine minutes are ahead. Lamella is around the back with options in the penalty area. And Son is arriving at the back post to score for 2-0. What a wonderful goal from Tottenham Hotspur. And Hyunmin Son has buried it into the roof of the net. And he's just giving it away. And Tombele with big strides forward and Kane peeling away in one direction. But Son is the more obvious option and with good reason, 3-0 as we approach half-time. Min Son with his second of the night. Oh, what another pass from Kane. Aurier allowed to drift into the penalty area. Lamella this time! Wonderfully done by Lamella. 4 0 Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, and Tombele has weighted it very nicely into Kane, who scores for 5 0. What a finish! Lovely low finish from Kane for his second of the night. So why is this gone? I, I have no recollection of this one. So this Tell is me, you, you you must have been there. I was there. Right, okay. right, yeah. I made, made it. a game. So this this is in one of my moments because um, 
So the reason this is, even though it's just like a completely random game that no one else will probably remember, the reason it's in my moments is, A, it's the first time I got to see Champions League football at this beautiful, beautiful Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And um, B, because I took my brother and me and my brother, I mean, I as, as we've heard, I don't get to go to the football very much or I didn't when it's because I was always coaching, which is why I've often never been. But I, I very rarely get to go to the football live with my brother because he is always teaching. So he's right. the private sort of music tutor. So he teaches okay. piano oh. and he's always teaching often like evenings and weekends is when he's doing his tutoring. And so I was given these tickets because I used to know he's moved on now, but I used to know the security manager at the stadium and he and he and from my coaching and he was like, oh, Ali, I've got, you know, if you want a couple of tickets, let me know. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's some random team, but it's still Champions League football. Like I still I've just looked them up. They're Serbian (laughs) and they're Serbian champions. I've just looked. They've just won their title for the eighth season in a row. So like, if you're, if, I apologise if you're a huge fan of Serbian football. This is the this is the Manchester City of Serbia. Yeah, like they're doing better than us for silverware, <laughs> so you can't knock them. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, it's mainly because it was really lovely to be able to go with my brother. I've got a lovely photo from that night of the two of us. So it was yeah, it was really lovely to be able to go with my brother and just see yeah, like I said, the spectacle that is Champions League football at that stadium because it's it's like a concert. It's like a show before. Like I said, before the ball's even been kicked, you know, with the lights and the music and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, completely random. I'm quite enjoying my top 10 moments, but I imagine some of your uh, listeners I, are like, them what? Too. I'm enjoying them too. Well, no, no one's going to pick that game. Although it's 5 0 win, not, not picked. And, yeah. I, and I have to say, no, go on. I was just going to say, and obviously I got to see Harry Kane score two yeah. goals, Sonny, and then Lamella. Like, I loved Lamella. So. I thought it was a great game. <laughs> it was a great game. And your last pick, again, I, I think <laughs> I think because it was lockdown, mm. this is kind of forgotten. But I think in, the, in, in Tottenham's recent history, this is one of the most extraordinary performances, results, and it's not talked about enough. And I'm talking of October 2020. It finished. Manchester United won. Tottenham Hotspur 6 Let's listen to some of those goals now. Bruno Fernandes scored a penalty at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last season. And he's done it at Old Trafford. Lamella on the hunt here to try and win it. Unconvincing from Manchester United. And Tony Dembele has levelled the game. What a massive moment for the Frenchman. And what a start to this game inside the opening four or five minutes. Uh, Kane is caught by... Maguire and he thinks quickly and he sets away Son. It's the old combination again and it's worked for Spurs. Remarkable as Shinmin Son, a surprise starter, makes it 2 1. Anthony Taylor is pulling out a red card. Anthony Martial is the player off here. Well, it's a little knock around the face of Eric Lamella. Son spurs in. Kane! It had been a devastating two minutes for Manchester United. Reduced to ten men. And now Harry Kane has scored. Spurs lead by three goals to one. To the penalty area. Lamella's free in the middle, but Son will get there instead. And he scored again. 
a first half to remember for Tottenham Hotspur. Son has a second, Tottenham Hotspur have a fourth. He's aware that that might pop out to him. Hoidier, great ball, Aurier's in, and he scored it. It's a day that deserves an away end. A remarkable performance on the road. Tottenham Hotspur lead at Old Trafford by five goals to one. Ben Davis charges forward here. Still Ben Davis. Oh, and he's brought down in the penalty area. Harry Kane will step up to take the penalty. Remember the scenes. Remember the scoreline. Spurs have six. Manchester United. And why has this gone in? Because this again, as I said before the clip, maybe because of lockdown, no one there. It's really weird when you watch it back because there's just no sound. You just see the players going, Ree! it's really weird. It's like it's, training it, it, ground. It's a training, it's like a training ground. But we thumped them 6-1 at Old Trafford. I mean, it felt like a training ground match, didn't it? It felt like A team against B team. Um, so yeah, this is another niche pick by me. Um, this is in there. Because, I mean, it's partly in there because of when it took place in lockdown. So I actually watched this on the TV because during lockdown, I treated myself to a Sky Sports package <laughs> because I was like, I can't, you know. I can't go out. I was exactly. like, I can't, we can't do anything. We can't go anywhere. Football's always been something that has helped me through difficult moments. And, and, you know, I was like, I love football. They're finally allowed to play again. Yes, it's really weird. Yes, there's no fans there, but they are playing and they're playing to entertain us, basically. So so let me be entertained. So anyway, I watched this game thinking, oh, God, here we go. Like, <laughs> how much are we going to get beaten by by Man we United? Went a goal down. Yeah, we went a goal down first, <laughs> obviously. And then it was just like, hang about. What's going on here? But the reason, one of the reasons, so it's, it's in there because it's just a really lovely memory from actually what was a really difficult moment in history for all of us. Like lockdown was just bizarre and hopefully we won't know anything like it ever again, but you never know. Um, but but also because of Sonny's celebration <laughs> when he does the little dance. So I don't know if you remember this because Spurs have played it quite a lot on social media and did around the time. But he just does this bizarre little dance. I mean, it's probably mean something to him and it's probably come from the training ground. And, you know, he's quite a character, isn't he? And he's always up for a laugh. But he just, he does this little dance. I think maybe after his second goal, I can't remember which goal it is. And I think it's just so funny because it's just such a, like, it's such a random thing to do. But also it's just such a piss take that we even scored that many goals against Man United that we felt so relaxed and so confident that we could start celebrating like that. Remember, in front of no one, like there were no, <laughs> there were no fans. He was just doing that in that moment because he was having a good time with his mates on the football pitch. And I just think, yeah, it just I always think about it and smile because I feel like it was a highlight in what was otherwise when you thought about what was going on in the rest of the world. It was just such a lovely highlight in in what was quite a, a dark moment. Um, so, yeah, I just love that one. Amazing. Well, that's a great one to finish with, uh, Ali. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a great top 10 Tottenham. Uh, thank you for everyone listening. Uh, until next time, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.